And if you ask any manager or leader, that's really what they want from their team. They may say it a different way. They may use different words. And of course, they want results to happen. But ultimately, they want everybody to show up and do their best and also continue to improve. And if we build teams like that, we simply build amazing teams. We build amazing businesses. We build amazing cultures. Hi, and you just entered the Leadership Gym. I'm Randy Hall. I'm an executive coach and leadership consultant, and this is the place where we work on our ability to lead our team, lead our business, and yes, lead ourselves. If you are looking to improve your capabilities as a leader, you are in the right spot. And I am really glad you're here today. I'm excited about the conversation as I am every time I get to sit down and do one of these podcast episodes. And today I'm excited because we're talking about the concept of effort. So many times as leaders, we, we want more effort from our team. And yet sometimes as we coach them or work with them, we tend to focus on results which are an outcome of effort. And what we really can coach effectively as we work with our team are inputs more than outputs. For anyone who's less confident than they want to be, lacks knowledge that they think they need, has less experience than they think they should have, or just doesn't have a track record of producing the results that they want, effort is where they need to start. And if we're coaching around results, it's like telling someone they need to run faster when they're just learning to walk. Speed is not our metric here when we're working on effort. It's not even the thing we should be focused on. The effort itself is. That's what we're going to talk about today, and that's why I'm excited about the discussion. I think it's one that for anyone who's leading a group of people, they will find some value in, and it may change the way they coach, the way they have conversations. It may change the way you have your next conversation. Hey, if you're not a member of the Leadership Gym, I want to make sure that you know about it. I want to make sure that you have a chance to join it. If you want to focus on your career and becoming a better leader yourself, that's in the Leadership Gym. If you want to coach others more effectively and help people on your team become more accountable and more successful, you'll learn that inside the Leadership Gym. If you want to build a stronger culture, a stronger team, and a stronger business, you can do that there too. If you want better leaders in your business or you want to lead more effectively yourself, we're here for you every step of the way inside the Leadership Gym. So go to leadershipgym.com, check it out, explore what's in there. Every week we have a leader workout and a leader fitness plan. This is something that you do consistently, not something you participate in for a few minutes or a few hours and consider yourself better. We know that leadership doesn't work that way. We know that leaders get better through repetitive practice of the things that really good leaders do around coaching, around hiring, around creating accountable organizations and teams of people. One hour a week in the leadership gym will completely change the game for you as a leader. You can choose the workouts that you want to go through or follow a path that helps you organize the way you become a more effective leader. Check it out. I hope you go there, leadershipgym.com to learn more. Okay, so several years ago, I attended 
one of my son's swim meets. And for those of you who've ever been to a kid's swim meet, you know they can, well, they can drag on a little. <laughs> it's usually three or four hours of watching these kids swim. And the whole time, if you came there to see your child swim, which is why most of the parents are there, you get maybe a minute of that, maybe a minute and a half, maybe two, depending on how many events they have. So you're there for three or four hours and you get a couple of minutes of your kid swimming. So it's a little different than other sports I've watched my kids participate in. And the first time that I started watching them, it, it was a pretty drastic difference. If I'm watching a soccer game or a baseball game or anything like that, that my kids have also been in, it's a little different than these swim meets that can take a while. And I was at one several years ago, and it was one of those big meets with schools from all over the place. And about 10 minutes into the meet, one of the boys, and this was probably a group of 11 or 12-year-old boys, entered the pool for the 50-meter freestyle event. And that's a pretty fast swim. For most people, it takes around 30 seconds in that age group, I guess. It was immediately clear as you watch the kids get in the pool and start swimming that there was something different about one particular swimmer. While the other swimmers sped away from the starting blocks, there was one boy who essentially was still in his end of the pool where he started, flailing and splashing and exerting a tremendous amount of effort. He was working probably harder than most of the swimmers in the pool, and yet he wasn't going anywhere. He was only about half of the way down the first length of the pool while the other kids had turned and were headed back to complete the race. Pretty short race. As we all watched, it became apparent that this young man wasn't concerned about his time. He wasn't concerned about who won the race. He was swimming as hard as he possibly could. And then there would be moments where he'd lift his head up and smile at his teammates and at the crowd. And the rest of us, as we're sitting there watching, and, and this was a pretty big event. There's hundreds of people here watching this young man swim because now he's in the pool all by himself. And we're hoping that, that he could just finish before someone had to dive in and save him. At first, we're actually concerned for his well-being. His team's cheering him on, and it was amazing how the cheering got louder. And then the stands came to life as well. Many of the spectators that were standing there, myself included, started applauding as he just continued this amazing journey he was on. Time had stopped at this particular meet. There wasn't a person in the building who wasn't focused on the effort of this young man. We suspected, and it was obvious from watching him as he was working his way down the pool, that he suffered from some mental or physical challenges that others didn't have. But that didn't matter. He was working harder than anyone else would in that pool all day. And every person in that complex was right there with him. They were admiring his effort. They were watching his progress. They were supporting his achievement. No one was worried that he was slowing the meat down. No one even remembered who won that event. I don't. The other boys in the race finished it, like I said, around 30 seconds. This young man finished his 50-meter swim with a time of 2.17. And when he reached the wall, 2 minutes and 17 seconds after he left it for a short 50-meter swim, that place erupted. I had never seen 
anything like that at a swim meet before. I'd certainly never heard cheering that loud at a swim meet and that long at a swim meet before. As I looked around, there were people crying around me, watching this boy do something that other kids would do much faster a hundred times that day. Every person there was touched by what they had just witnessed. And I had to ask myself, why? I was sitting there looking at this group of people and this young man and, and the tears streaming down people's faces. He had changed people in some way in just two minutes and 17 seconds. Why? Why did they care? Why was it so important? Why did it affect them like that, that this person got in the pool and did this? And when you really come down to it, it's about one of the byproducts, one of the things that effort does. See, we coach results a lot as leaders, but all of them start with effort. And one of the things that effort does in any group of people is it changes the culture. It changes how people show up. It changes how people themselves think because of effort that other people exert. It's not just good for that person. That young man had gotten to a place where he was going to do his best, whatever his best represented, even though it was clear his outcomes were going to be a little different. Didn't matter. He was going to do it at the highest level he could and let the outputs speak for themselves, deal with themselves. He could control his effort, and that's what he spent his focus on. Outputs will take care of themselves if we put the right effort in. And effort has that unique ability to change other people around us. It was really hard to watch that young man and not think, I could be better at stuff even though there's things in my way. Look at the challenges he's facing. He still keeps doing his best in spite of them. And if you ask any manager or leader, that's really what they want from their team. They may say it a different way. They may use different words. And of course, they want results to happen. But ultimately, they want everybody to show up and do their best and also continue to improve. And if we build teams like that, we simply build amazing teams. We build amazing businesses. We build amazing cultures. So effort is not just about results. It's not even the only reason we want to see effort. Of course, more effort generally produces better results. No question about that. But effort does other things too that we want to make sure we consider as a leader. Effort causes learning. It's impossible, virtually, to exert effort in any direction, trying any set of things, and not learn some stuff along the way. As we go through the process of putting effort into play, we gain feedback, we gain information from the work that we are doing. We run into challenges and then figure out how to solve them. We answer questions for ourselves, like, can we do this thing? by trying this thing. Learning is an incredibly important byproduct of effort. Habits. The more that we apply effort, the more we repeat 
certain things that start to build habits for us. And habits are awesome because habits don't require as much effort over time. They allow us to be more effective, more efficient, because we don't have to think or focus or use willpower to get things done. We've built habits that help us do them on a regular basis. Imagine if you applied incredible effort to organizing your day for three months or four months or six months, and you spend an hour each day thinking about that organization, planning it in a way that, that would cause you to have your best possible day. Imagine if you did that. Do you think you'd have habits around organization that would make you more effective that you then would feel are just the normal way you do things? You wouldn't describe them as work you do. You would describe them as traits or habits that you have. I'm an organized person. I start my day like this. I prepare this way. Imagine if you had people on your team that had applied effort in ways that helped them build, ultimately, the habits that created their success. Habits are an outcome of effort, and that's the only way they get built. Even if you think of little habits that you have now that you don't think about, there was a ton of effort applied at the beginning of them. You can think of basic things like tying your shoes. Can you remember the first time you tied them or tried to? Or have you ever watched a child try to tie their shoes for the first time? It requires an amazing amount of effort on their part. It is it feels like some sort of advanced calculus to make these bows and pull them in a way that gets this cool knot to happen, like on your parents' shoes. I don't actually remember the time I did that, but I have watched all of my kids <laughs> learn to tie a shoe. And the amount of energy they put into it feels weird to us because you just tie the shoe. And that's what habits do for us. Imagine if organization or how you start a sales call or the questions that you ask as you coach somebody were habitual like that. They get that way through effort. Effort also brings clarity because as we start to tackle something, try something, immerse ourselves in something with energy and focus, which is what effort is, we begin to understand what it means, what its inherent challenges are, and also we have a clearer mental picture about how to do it well. So yes, we have the learning that comes with the way we approach something and new ways of approaching it. We also have clarity about the details, the tactics, the intricacies of that thing in a way that not only help us learn how to do it more effectively, but also allow us how to teach others. I understand it at another level now because I applied effort to it. I understand all its little details and the challenges associated with each one of them and the path through the difficulties that are inherent in this thing I'm getting ready to do. Think about all of the Zoom conferences that get had now in the world and how many people struggled with their first one but as soon as we put some effort in, we get some clarity about how this should look, how it could look, what makes it done well. We learn all of these things, and that's part of our learning process, but, but a big component of that that we actually want to call out separately is the understanding that we have about how those things work that allow us to support others as they figure it out, too. Effort also breeds confidence. And there are two kinds of confidence. We have confidence that we can do a thing well, 
and also confidence that we can figure out how to do things. I think of these as observation confidence, and that's when I've watched myself do these things well historically. So I know that I can perform a certain task. I might know that I can coach somebody because I've done it well in the past. I've watched people change behavior after I've had effective conversations with them, and so I know that I can coach. It's observation confidence. And then there's presumption confidence, which says that I believe I can go figure out how to do this well. And yes, that is connected in some ways to our track record of figuring out how to do things well. And yet it is also something we can apply to stuff we've never observed ourselves do well yet. So these things are connected, but they are also separated by how they support us. Because if I have observation confidence, it means I have to have had a track record or at least some examples of when I've done that thing well in the past. If I have presumption confidence, I start to assume that I will figure it out. I start to know that I can get to some level of success, even though I never have seen myself do this well. That is really, really important for successful people. And effort begins to build that as we go through it, as I go try and learn. I build presumptive confidence that I can try and learn most things, not just observation confidence about this one thing that I know that I could do well repeatedly because I have evidence of that. So we can't coach outputs. We can coach inputs, and that's how we want to think about it. We're not trying to tell people to have more speed or sell more stuff or do that project differently. We are trying to help them think about how do you approach that work differently with a different level of energy or intensity or focus or time or any of those things so that you get a higher level of quality, a faster rate of speed, a different kind of success. So how do we coach effort? If we're thinking about helping people apply more effort, there's a couple of things we want to keep in mind. First of all, we want to focus on progress. Make sure that as part of our conversation, we're ha having a discussion around where can you go find some slight movement? Where can you go try something and learn? Where can you go just take a step forward? We're going to focus on progress. We want to eliminate oppositional thinking. And especially for things that people aren't good at yet, oppositional thinking is something that gets in their way. Hey, can you go sell this stuff? Well, I don't know. Selling's hard. What if people don't buy? Hey, can you go make a call on this person and ask some really good questions? Can you make progress on the process of selling? Not, can you go execute selling well? Two entirely different things. So step one, focus on progress. Step two, to make sure that you do, is be tactical in your discussion. I don't want to talk about big picture items here. What's the first step you're going to take? How do you begin that? What do you need to write down or think about before you do it? I want to work at the one inch level with people as I am helping them apply effort for the same reason that I focus on progress. I don't want to look at the whole mountain I have to climb. I just want to think about taking that first step or that first two steps or a way to make some kind of movement happen at a really, really tiny tactical level. 
I want to use tiny time frames. So you can see a theme here. I'm going to be smaller in my discussions. I'm going to focus on progress. I'm going to eliminate that oppositional thinking by focusing on progress. I'm going to be tactical. I'm going to use little tiny time frames. I'm also not going to look at where you're going to be in a year if I want to focus on effort. I may have that conversation as a bigger picture part of how I coach people, and I should. But ultimately, after I've done that, and after people know what their bigger picture destination is, which is important, I come back to this place where now we just start applying effort to that without worrying about the enormity of that big thing that I want to go do with my life, or even where I want to be in six months or 30 days. Now, what do I do in the next five minutes that can move me forward? When I'm thinking about helping somebody with effort, which is an input that is always necessary to get any of those outputs, I am coming back to really tiny thinking, tiny time frames. And the last step of the four, focus on progress, be tactical in your discussion, use tiny time frames, and repetition matters. Okay, if you can write down three questions that you think would be great to help you start a sales call, can you do that before every call? Can you spend five minutes each morning thinking about your best questions or ones that you've used before that worked, writing down some you want to try today, and can you get consistent with that repetition? I want effort to be applied in consistent, repeated ways not just Herculean at one moment, and then we go rest for a while. I want to think about tiny tasks, I want to think about tiny time frames, and I want to think about repeating them a lot. That way, effort helps us build those habits that we create. So when you think about coaching and working with people on your team, or when you think about how managers on your team as they work and coach with others can benefit from a conversation like this, help them think about creating effort. If you can, as a coach, as a leader, create effort from those around you or influence their ability and, and support them as they create effort around you, you can completely change the future with that. But we won't get there if we're just focused on making them better at results. Work on your inputs as a coach. Work on the inputs that you want your people to bring to the task, not just how you want it to look after they're done. Hey, if you like the conversations we're having here, and I do think of them as conversations, even though it's purely just me talking, I consider us all in the same room in my head, uh, leave us a review. I hope we've earned a five-star review, and I hope that you'll leave that so that other people can find us as well. And if you have some comments, you can leave that on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and let people know what you found valuable, why it matters that leaders Join us here for this kind of a discussion. Thanks for being here today. Go think about how you as a coach and a leader cause effort in others so that they can reach their goals, their success, and use that concept to go make a difference. Mm -hmm.